Welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. I'm your host, Joey. And in today's chat, Paulie and I are talking about the five most common mistakes we see in strength training. Now, there are hundreds of mistakes, but we've summed it up into our top five. And the hope is that after listening to this, you will not make those mistakes. These are mistakes that we have made ourselves. And we also see people in our gym and in the outdoor gyms making on a regular basis. Now, strength training is inherently simple. And if you follow a good program and you take a consistent approach and you follow the rules within today's episode, you should get strong too. However, a lot of people are unsuccessful with their pursuit to do so. So please, if you're trying to get strong, take note of these lessons. If you know someone's trying to get strong, send this episode to them. Do them a favor, help them to become stronger. Enjoy the episode. You bastard. Brother, they can all hear us now. Hello. <clears throat> um, this is the podcast. Sorry, sorry I couldn't come to the gym. I'm, um, I'm officially self-isolating. Day one of 14, I think. Yes, until you hear back officially. Oh, fuck. So, I hope, yeah. The, um, for folks listening, uh, our little girl, Hattie, she, uh, we got an email from her school yesterday saying that they've had a, a case, a positive case from her school um and so everyone who was at school that day has to self-isolate but they didn't give any uh, whatever i guess like you were saying paul because you've been through this right yeah we had a case and the, the kids were going to school on the days tash was working at the hospital and yeah yeah we had to sit tight until it, they have in, they investigate what happened and do the tracing back as best they can and then you know in our case we luckily only had to isolate. They backdated it, so we had to isolate for only seven days. Um, so yeah, you'll have to find. I pray that we get that we get that because I can hell. I mean, I've actually not really stood. Maybe it's just because we we've only just come out of lockdown, but now staring down the barrel of having to stay home for fourteen days straight, I'm like, oh, that really sucks. Hey, mate, you might be able to unpack a quarter of all the boxes at your new place in that time. <laughs> well, you'd think so, except. You couldn't fit a fucking rat's ass in this house right now. There is like, there is no space, brother. The garage is like overflowing with boxes. I've just moved house and we've moved to a house that's, that's a bit smaller than the one we're living in. And what was great about the one we're living in is that it had a lot of storage space. And what's great about storage space is that you can fill it up with absolute junk and you can just, anything that you, instead of dealing with stuff, you go, I'm just putting that cupboard and I'll deal with it another time. Anyway. We're dealing with it now. <laughs> All at once. Fuck. Some, I mean, you know, whatever. I got a bit of stuff too, but I think I'm, I'm you know, I, I had only moved in with Mesa a couple of years back and I had moved pretty recently prior to that. So I'd kind of gotten down to the bare essentials by that time I moved in with her. Um, but yeah, fuck. She's got a lifetime of stuff in that joint. I tell you. Well, in this joint. I don't envy you. Man. But it's coming along and I mean, shit, how nice, uh, you know, I, I can't be mad. I'm in this awesome new house that we're living in and I'm getting to set it up. And the fact that I'm self-isolating for 14 days and I've got stuff to do at home, like build Ikea flat, back, flat pack wardrobes and dining tables and stuff. It's really not that bad, bad a timing at all. Personal dream, personal dream. No, that's that, that's cool, man. I'm so stoked that you're in that place. Moving's never fun, but it's a bit of a 
new frontier because going back to the homeland, back to Glades where you, where you grew up and it's, you know, you guys are there, you know, from indefinitely. So it's cool to just like start that. It is. Matt, I've run into some people. I've run, since we first spoke about it a couple of days ago, I've run into heaps more like people from school. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. And it's, yeah. And you're almost like having those conversations. You're like, ah, oh, I can't be, can't be fucked having this conversation. <laughs> oh, what have you been doing the last 15 years? You know, 20 years, however long it's been. Um, yeah, yeah. Where do I start? Yeah, that's right. You know, you kind of feel like you're a totally different person in a way. Or yeah, I don't know. Maybe I feel like they're a different person. Make up um, stories, dude. Just make them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I own 20 gyms uh, all across the world. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, <clears throat> um, you were feeling a bit cooked this morning. What's been going on your end? You've been, uh, you've been copping some bad nights sleeping because of the little one? Yep. Um, and I think you, we were talking about you were too. Yeah, she's um, just not sleeping great or she's actually just waking up is what she's doing and she's probably having one of those cognitive leaps where the anything will just excite the brain and then they're up and then they're just like and then partying and singing and sitting up in your bed coming into your bed and sitting up so yeah it's been it's been tough and then it's been busy opening the doors and having people coming in and you know there's there's loads of people wanting to to join and that's freaking awesome we love that we're um and we want to squeeze everyone in and get them through. So, you know, foundation programs is how you do that here in the gym. And um, we're all running them and I'm just, you know, fitting in people and just doing some longer days that have all led to being, being a little cooked this morning. I did a pretty heavy session with Susanna this morning, which I really wouldn't have made it through if it wasn't for her even being there. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, just yeah, just feeling it, man. Feeling it. It's got to be like that a bit coming back from <clears throat> like there's so much excitement being able to open the gym again. Mm. But you forget how much how much work, like how much load there is on the body and mind going back to a full-time job. Like obviously you're still working through COVID, but it's just a bit different, isn't it? Like you just you, I don't know, it's almost like you're a couple of gears back, kind of cruising a bit. Whereas yes, there's just absolutely. an intensity to having the business. And, and of course, it's coming to that end of the year when people are excited, they want to train and you've got to like step it up to match that. 100%. Like, um, yeah, there's so much. I mean, I always, I always feel the energy with um, uh, like the amount of people that you connect with on any one day, no matter how big or small the connection is on that day if it's a high volume and they're tiny connections, it's, it's, it, it drains, it's draining, draining. Um, and, you know, coming into here, you just, you see more people, you're talking to more people, short conversations, many of them are the same, um, you know, and it's just the, yeah, traveling to and from work, classes, big groups, there's just a lot of exchange of my energy, their energy, receiving it. And, you know, the brain, brain the brain bloody burns most calories and it's just, it's working harder. It's working harder and, you know, it's all excitable stuff, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is for now because we're busy um, and it won't be forever, but you, you do want to be giving yourself a little bit more time to, to be and to rest and recover, really. But, um, oh, man, it's the energy in here is fucking awesome right now. Had some really mad days. Most days are really good. Just, you know, 
interactions, new people, some of the coaches just stepping into, you know, another, another place, another area in the gym, um, prospects of other coaches coming in and having conversations and people doing this sessions together and fuck, there's, there's wins and, you know, we have the members wins column. There's quite a lot of wins going on at the same time. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good momentum right now. Enjoying it. Thinking back to the, um, you're talking about Lucia and you know, her waking up in the middle of the night and stuff. Oh yeah. Do you reckon, do you reckon you're like, cause she's your third child. Do you think that there's like a compounding factor of from one, two, three, like where you've gone through <laughs> the hard years of the first two and now it's onto the third. Obviously there's been little gaps, but there probably hasn't been that big a gaps. Would that be fair to say? Well, she was a bigger gap because there's five years between them. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's weird because yeah, you like stress is stress, I guess, but um, I guess mentally you're more prepared for it. But if you're just not sleeping and just not sleeping, it doesn't doesn't matter how experienced you are at it. You're still going to receive the fatigue. I guess it's just the mindset around it is easier to deal with because it's just what it is. First one's always hard because you're just like, what the fuck is this? And you don't know to what height it's ever going to reach and for how long it's going to go, you know, whereas yeah. you have more of a perspective on that. Um, you know, I remember just a side note, like the, the, the crying, the help was the cries and he was probably most difficult, which is probably because we were newer to it, but man, that, that noise just used to cut through my eardrums at a certain time of the night where you're just like so fatigued. It was like someone was stabbing me right behind the eyeball. The ear, <laughs> you know, and it's like, ah, ah. Um, whereas now I can hear a child cry and not even notice. And like a friend who doesn't have kids is just getting a bit more agitated while sitting there with you. You know, it might be in the cafe or something. And then you're like, oh, oh, I, I, that's right. They're more sensitive to that than I am. I should probably go and see. But I know the tone of the cry. It's not real. It's not like, you know. There's levels to cry. And there's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got yeah, totally. You have a palate for the for the different types <laughs> of cry. Whereas for them or for me, it's just cry. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, man. It's true though. Like sometimes Leo Clark is crying a bit. He's pretty up through the night as well. And um, I, you know, I find my you know I find myself switching between these moments of like, oh, my little guy is crying, you know, and and just feeling like. Um, it's okay. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to settle him back to sleep and whatever. But then sometimes I feel super activate, like triggered by it. And I'm like, why are you fucking crying? Like, what's wrong? <laughs> uh, like, or, yeah. or actually it's almost like, I think, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and, oh, totally. And then you're totally. like, and then you snap out of you. You're like, he's not doing it to you. Like he's just doing it. And, but you doing what he supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But it's so funny. Cause yeah, in those early hours, it's, it all become like, it can, if you're not careful, you can think it's like an attack on you and your personal space and time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, it reminds me of a little like formula that I had, which might help. I can't, it was something along the lines of when I get in that situation, I used to think, um, you know, what has, has he slept? Is he tired? Like, are they tired? Are they hungry? And then what, what did they eat last? Especially when they get to like toddlers and stuff, you know? And then, and then after that, the checklist goes on to, am I tired? What have I eaten? And then 
what did I eat last? Because, and often the, it's usually they're all good and you're like, fuck, I actually haven't eaten or I'm really fucking tired. And, and it's like, oh, it's, I'm just, it's just me right now. <laughs> yeah. Or like mm. I had a beer a few hours ago and now I'm all drowsy and irritable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit of that, bit, bit tired. Also, I had this um guy I'm doing a foundation program with um. The foundation uh, for, for folks uninitiated is like the the intro program that we use at the gym, right? For new people coming in. Yes. Yep. Yep. And um, these days I don't do many of them. Um, you know, Dylan and some of the other coaches and Ty and and. Jo- they'd been taking them and I have always enjoyed them because you, you get to spend three hours with someone. I like meeting new people and, you know, asking them about their lives and obviously, you know, getting them prepped for the gym and stuff, but it just interests me to do that. So I, I enjoyed taking them and I've taken a few recently. Um, but he's an interesting young um, Indian guy, um, but he is an environmental consultant. Um, and we like, I've been doing last two nights we've done, couple of his foundations and then we've stayed back like chatting because he's he, he's he wants to help which is awesome for us he's going to be an asset here so um i want to fire back up at some of our goals and set some new ones um for the big tribe for the environment um and that kind of arm of our mission um for 2022 and i was talking to him about it and yeah I'm, i was lining him up from the get-go and he really wants to, he's like yeah let's do it so analyzing our bins and we're looking through the rubbish and trying to figure out you know how to go to zero waste and it's cool so anyway it was um I, it was my own fault that i stayed up a bit late leaving the Mate, gym a bit late for him. It's, it's good it's incredible that these people find their way through the doors of the gym like like they're gifted from god it's like oh hey you guys want <laughs> no. to help with something here's someone who can help with that yes yeah 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 totally and um you know it, it it reminds me um, the thing that we realized at some point um, that people want to help. Um, and then, you know, we, it was a pattern that was occurring and T probably was the one who pointed it out and articulated that, but and it's become part of our, our, our community kind of framework that we understand people want to help. You have to let them help. Um, and I can see it straight away. He, he will probably get more out of helping us with this project than anything else. Cause he's, you know, he's got a corporate job and whatever else. I, I just think it, you know, it's really valuable to have something to work on, you know? Um, and people love that stuff, man. He's it'll be cool. Yeah. It's something, I think we didn't really believe it at first when T would say it, he'd be like, people want to contribute, you know, they want to help. They want to be a part of it. And yeah. we're like, whatever, you're just looking for free labor. And yes, you know, and we and, we're, and we were also like busy gym owners where we're like, we got no fucking time on our hands. Like, who wants to help? Everyone's so busy, and everyone is so busy. But I think we weren't at that point. Maybe or I, you know, maybe speak just for myself. But I wasn't able to like step out from what I do to look at what it, life is like for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, a lot of people don't have a place where they can put effort towards changing and evolving the place and making it better and yep. being part of the community there. And like, it's like without a monetary return. Yeah. Yeah. Almost just, just for that, like human satisfaction. Yeah. And that outlet, like, you know, if people don't have a place to be creative or and they don't have a yeah, community that's going to allow that. So yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool thing. 
what was the remind me what the goal was was it how did we call it was it carbon negative or carbon, carbon positive carbon positive yeah carbon, carbon positive like 2022 was that the was that the timeline yeah, yeah. and that was a pre covid um goal and you know covid 19 it's 2021 and we're staring at 22 it's been over 2 years um that it's really slowed that down um well we actually aren't that far away from hitting it from what i believe but we needed to put time into more research about exactly where that line is before we can kind of reach that goal i mean it's not necessarily about being able to claim that but we do want to be honest about stating that um but i think we just had to tie up a few things so i want to get back onto that road and this zero waste thing i'm just learning about um now and yeah yeah well that's the next right we're in my mind we've come out of COVID, and i'm looking at next year as a year where COVID doesn't exist anymore i, I feel like it should be in the rearview mirror i have to act as if it is and and that means you know we, we've celebrated for a few weeks that we're out and i'm just like let's, let's go let's let's go let's let's set up for next year type thing and because we've got some catching up to do man it's just one project after another for you guys Oh, has our has your internet just cut out a little bit, or is mine? Um, it's working all right from my end. Yeah. Oh, good. I think it just, you just froze up for a second, mate. Let's rip in. I want to do um. Did I want to talk about five common strength mistakes that people make? And this is this has been on my mind since working in the park throughout the lockdown and witnessing the incredible and vast array of different approaches to training that you see in the outdoor gym and in the park in general. Um, but I thought there's kind of five, uh, five main mistakes. And uh, man, you could break these down. There'd be, there'd probably, there's probably about 150, but I was like, I'm just going to simmer it back into five. And then uh, I want to talk about it. And then obviously we're going to provide the solution for each of them. So it's not just leaving you out on the lurch. We're going to give you the mistake and then we're going to give you the fix for it and tell you why it's good. Um, Feel free, Paulie, to jump in regarding your personal experience at the park because I'm guessing you made some, you saw some pretty hilarious and also fascinating observations training uh, in the park over yeah. the last six months. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, I see them all the time, I guess. Mate, I'm immune now. First one, first one that stands out to me, and I'm not even talking about people doing boxing in the park. I'm not even going to go there. The fucking hitting pads, and <laughs> just keep that to yourselves. I'm talking about strength training. Um, so we're saying, all right, how do, you, how do you take whatever sets of exercises, can be body weight, can be using kettlebells, can be barbells, whatever it is, and get stronger. Now, first mistake that I see is people adding load before they have the technique. So what I'm, get, what I'm getting at here is like people not actually having a firm grasp of the technique of that given exercise. Let's say that it's a goblet squat and they don't know how to do it very well, but they're grabbing a heavy kettlebell or a heavy dumbbell, whatever, and they're pumping out goblet squats and getting a sweat on that kind of thing. Yeah. This, this for me is, a, this, and this grinds my gears. I guess this comes from... Um, this can come from poor coaching because if your coach doesn't have good technical standards and then the ability to communicate those standards to you, then 
you're never going to perform it particularly well. And your coach might be like, oh yeah, that's good. And you're like, oh, I'm doing it good. And to another coach, say myself or yourself, we're like, oh, that's awful. Um, but further to that, you might not even have a coach. So you might just be copying this shit from other people that you see in the park or in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, there's images of people I saw just flashing in front of my eyes as you were talking. Um, and yeah, I guess poor technique. And I, I, I see a checklist here. The second point you're going to bring up has also got something to do with it which kind of crosses over, which is your range of movement, um, which we'll get to in a sec. But um, with bad technique, it's injury is the first thing that I kind of see, um, whether you're going to get injured within that, you potentially get injured in that session, or you are building a nice foundation for, <laughs> for an injury later. Um, because when you add load, you're putting more load on your joints. And if you're not like traveling with the right coordination that's safe to bear load, especially when, uh, like in any given rep or maybe you're doing a lot of load for many, many reps, you're going to fatigue and potentially shear load into areas that you you don't want where you can get injured, you know, the knees or the shoulders, et cetera. Yeah. I think it's, I think one of the things that, um, that I feel a lot of folks take for granted is, that the body, the body will respond to, to certain things. So if you get into a poor position repeatedly, like heaps of times, every time you're working out, you're doing your, let's say you're doing the goblet squats in a, in a, mm. with bad technique and your knees are going in a little bit, or maybe you, you know, your feet once turned out, one straight ahead, you know, whatever, you, you're rounding your back. Over time, your body's going to like suffer some damage as a result of that. Like there's going to be ramifications about it. But I feel like for a lot of folks, they see ex- like exercise is often seen as just exercise. And it's like, oh, I just bash it out. Yep. Yeah, I'm just bashing it out. And I'm, I've got a sweat up, man. My quads are sore. It was a sick workout, you know. Hurt. It hurt that one. It was a good one. Um, and I think like I get, you know, it's, it's obviously, uh, it's, I'm probably expecting a little bit too much of folks who have never had any coaching because why would they know it should be any different? But I guess it is one of the most common mistakes. And I, and I think that, you know, if, you, if people look at it from not only like an injury perspective, but also like you're actually just not going to be extracting as much goodness from each repetition as you could be. Absolutely. Um, compared to if you just spent some time learning the technique and became quite good at that, then you could add the load and then you would get way more out of it, whatever it is you're trying to get. Absolutely. Get more out of the reps. Plus, as, as you said, like um, with, say, the poor pattern, um, there you can be reinforcing a bad pattern um, that you transfer into life. So if you're squatting poorly and you're rounded and then you, you know, that's how you exercise and your body understands that because you did a thousand of them this week, um, that's how you're going to carry out. That's how you, if you're lunging poorly, you're potentially going to have that kind of loading on the outside of your toe that's kind of sending it all out of whack when you're doing something with your kids or picking something up. So um, leads to poor patterning as well. Um, I don't know if you want to go into this range of movement thing, but uh, as you said, getting the most out of rep. Most people are time poor for sure. It doesn't pay to 
it pays to learn a technique and get the most out of your rep. We can't train every day. Training full, full range of movement is um, is getting the best bang of your buck. When you're going to spend time on working on yourself, you may as well be getting the most out of it. All right, so let's let's take it to point two then, because they do very much tie into each other. And I don't think you could say that one comes before the other necessarily. They're just both there, uh, mm-hmm. and that is load before having adequate range of motion. So, you know, um, you don't possess the flexibility in your knees or your hips to be able to squat very efficiently, and that causes your back to round, your knees to dip in, your heels to lift, whatever. Like it can it can have different effects at different parts of the body. Um, so you lack the range of motion and that means that you execute the movement poorly. And that is again, confounded, compounded, confounded, compounded when you <laughs> add load to the thing. So you're trying to do it heavy cause you're trying to get this work, get this fucking work. And, uh, and this is where the issue occurs. Um, I think this is, a, this is also a really big one. And I think that it kind of ties in with the lack of technique. And I, I suppose if you had to look at what comes first, the range of motion maybe does come first because if you don't have the adequate range of motion, you cannot get into the right position. And if the technique requires set position, start and finish, that you can't get into, then you can't actually execute the technique and you need to find a way to do something else, like a different exercise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um. <sighs> If I was to take like a little side step, um, you know, it's hard to, like you said before, to blame the person who might not have a coach. And, you know, and I'm also thinking about like goals, like what's the, when you see people who are potentially training pretty poorly and just doing it, like what is the goal of their workout and, you know, what exposure do they have to fitness and what's their idea of fitness? And that's kind of like looking to, to kind of the bigger culture of fitness, at least where we are, um, that might be leading them to being there, just trying to pump it out. Um, So they'll, if their idea is just to, like you said, just to be out of breath and to be sweaty and to get some endorphins, then they don't need to work through full range. They just need to do it until they're feeling the burn. You know what I mean? And it's just a little sidestep to say, uh, well, to to be empathetic towards some people because I'm just wondering like, some people just don't know any better. Well, yeah, that's right. But hopefully they're listening to this podcast and it's like, yeah. damn, big fucking light bulb moments right now. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, well, here's the thing. You could say, you could argue, and we didn't actually provide any fixes for the first point. So we'll, we'll circle back around to that in a moment. But um, not having adequate range of motion, and let's keep using this, this squat as an example. That's okay. Like if you don't have adequate range of motion, like if your hips are quite tight and you can't get into a deep squat, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you doing a partial repetition squat. So maybe it's a half squat, right? Like you go as deep as you can while staying in a good position. And, you know, that's, uh, that's uh, subjective to each individual exercise. But let's say for the squat, it's with your feet flat, they're around shoulder width, your knees are pushing out over the toes, and you've got um, an, a relatively straight spine. You can lean forward a little bit, no problems. Um, the... You don't have to, because the changing your range of motion takes time, as we know, like becoming more flexible, building range of motion, especially for adults, really does take a long time. So it's something you have to try and develop in conjunction with your training, like with your strength training. Um, you got to do it at the same time, because if you don't, otherwise you're not going to be able to do any strength training for two years 
while you just try and build the flexibility and that's, you know, that's not cool. Um, so there is a case for like work with what you have now, but understanding mm-hmm. that that is a limitation and not trying to push beyond that. And also not trying to load beyond that because like, you know, I can't help think like this is where, um, this is where it's a good, good chance to talk about something that I get asked about a lot, which is what I think about CrossFit. And I always say, I really like CrossFit. I think it's awesome. I've enjoyed it a lot over the years. I know a lot of great, you know, gym owners who teach CrossFit and practitioners, whatever my partner, she loves it. I think CrossFit is great on paper. And I think that if you have a body that is coordinated and mobile and well-balanced and, you know, all those things, then you can go into a CrossFit class and you can have a great time because you can, you're a good all-rounder. You can get into all the positions and you can, you can do it. But if you have some kind of deficiency, let's say you got tight hips, let's say your squat sucks, let's say every time you deadlift, your lower back hurts a little bit or you can't, you know, your overhead pressing is not great for you because your shoulders are super tight because you do too much jujitsu, say. <laughs> you go to a CrossFit class, because that type of training is focused generally on doing as much work as possible or, in the, or the work in the shortest amount of time, your incentive there is to go fast and hard. And I think that this is where, like, when training, where we run into issues where it's like, that's a really good exercise for you, but you shouldn't be trying to do it fast and you shouldn't be trying to do it hard. Um, I think that that's where a little bit more nuance needs to be applied. And I guess, you know, looking at folks who don't have coaches and stuff, it's like, well, you got to try and cultivate that awareness for yourself. If you're not going to go and pay someone to coach you, which that would be my first recommendation, and I'm sure you would concur. Mm-hmm. then you got to try and build that awareness for yourself. And then if you refuse to build that awareness, then like you got to choose one or the other, become aware and like really get quite good at this thing or go pay someone who's already good at it, who can advise you. Is this what you're offering for a solution to the first issue? Yeah, it is. And I mean, I guess it's my solution for all of them in, in essence, you know, but, but it is, it's like, you got to like, because you don't, you've just seen a squat and you're like, I'm doing a squat. You don't know that your squat sucks. You don't know that whatever sensations you're feeling on the inside of your knees or in your lower back uh, are not supposed to be there. Like that's not what it's meant to be like. So how does that person find a solution for this predicament that they're in, that they don't know they're in? It's like, well, they've either got to upgrade their education or they've got to go and hang out with someone who has upgraded education. It's funny because you you'd think that all humans would know how to move in these, uh, you know, the basic primal patterns. Um, but it's strange that the, the world that we have in now and the way that some people can, can be brought up um, and, and not playing as much and not being around has led to this. I wish that people had a really good, uh, instinctual way of lowering themselves towards the ground to pick something up. But um, you really do see some, yeah, people need, people need to, to be educated um, around it and given some feedback from the coach potentially for sure. It's a good point. But then you also got to think like, it's not like squatting down to pick something up or, you know, um, whatever, like, Hey, carry that pile of rocks to that pile over there. Like, you know, like those kinds of activities that the primal guys used to do. Um, those kinds of activities are like most people could do that. But when we're saying, Hey, put a barbell on your back, put this metal bar that's, you know, designed for this sport and you've got these heavy plates on it or 
hold this kettlebell in this position and now perform the squat movement. I, I don't know. It becomes very technically specific at that point. It kind mm. of, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, especially, so, you, yeah. especially when you're strength training um, and we're talking about strength training and I guess we'll get to it later, but the adding of load is, is, has to be done for progression. Um, so that's why the technique is required. So you can continually getting strong and one day you might be as strong as the two of us. Um, but yeah. God forbid, be a monster. <laughs> the, um, but the other side of that too is that, you know, if we look at what we're doing when we're strength training, we're trying to take, you know, what you could argue was once just a part of life, which was you just lived a physical life where you're just burdened by load, you know, at regular intervals and you just lifted things and carried things and naturally became pretty fit and strong because the environment demanded that of you to now compressing it into like two one-hour sessions a week in the gym. So instead of, you know, six to eight hours of kind of whatever, low level or moderate, uh, you know, physical labor every day, mm. it's now um, two hours a week or three hours or maybe four, you know, if you train four times a week. But so the, those one-hour sessions need to be scaled up in intensity to make up for that. So that's why we're like, Hey, five by five squats or, you know, like four sets of 10, like we've structured things in a way to get this response from the body in this limited time frame, which is kind of interesting that it, and it, you know, it's amazing. It works like that. Like, you know, we know that if you go and go to the gym two to four times a week for about an hour and you do some quality stuff and it's following kind of the rules that we're laying out, you are going to become stronger and build more muscle and all those things, strengthen your joints and whatnot. Um, but the, the, the trade-off there is that the intensity goes up in those sessions in terms of the weight you're lifting or the load that you're pushing. So that then means there's a greater, a greater importance on the technique itself and on the range of motion because things, it's more critical now. Mm, mm. Whereas if I was just like, hey, go and all, see all those cardboard boxes full of my junk that are in that room, I want you to move them all to the garage today and it's going to take you five hours but they're not that heavy. It would be less critical if you were getting into suboptimal positions. By the way, if you're interested in that, hit me up, JB Joe. <laughs> I could use a hand. I'll, I'll buy you a sandwich. I'll buy you lunch. Bronia Park Chicken Shop, the one and only. It's just around the corner from my house. But uh, yeah. no, oh, no, I was just going to say, um, I remember when Joey was into bodybuilding. We were very young. I still am, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> Double guns. Um, but I remember you used to eat chicken a day. You eat a chicken a day, but you took me to a session at the gym and then we went to a couple of times maybe and we went and got chicken. But that was, that was very much the thing. Train, go to the chicken shop, eat as much chicken as you can. Yeah. Half a chi- it was uh, half a chicken. Half a chicken. I wish I could have eaten a whole chicken. I just I couldn't do it. <laughs> I tried so hard. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was go to the, the gym at Gladesville. I can't remember what it was called. But yeah, push around a bunch of weights. Not really adhering to any of the five rules that we're discussing today. <laughs> just push them. Just fucking do it. Whatever that guy's doing, do, copy him. Um, do it till it hurts. And then go to the chicken shop and buy <laughs> half a chicken and some salad and potatoes. <laughs> that was the first time I ever did incline bench press with you. I remember shaky, skinny arms. Yeah, <laughs> helpless. 
Pretty sure the barbell was empty. <laughs> that was it's funny to think back that that was the beginning of our strength training, you know, journey story. That's so um, funny. You know, I think I, I feel like I bashed my head against the wall, not getting much, any results for a very long time with that. Um, I wish the Jungle Brothers podcast had been available uh-huh. for me to listen to at that time. What did you, what was the turning point um, when you found a coach or you found um, some person who, you know, kind of represented a coach or a new way of, hey, you should think about this. Was there some turning point there? Were you working, were you living in Bondi and doing some CrossFit at the time? Yeah, it was, it was that. It was the Bondi thing where I was, I was training at the calisthenics park. Yes. And the guys there didn't, there wasn't a lot of technical instruction or anything like that, but there was, it was a lot of high volume training. So we mm. would just do shitloads of pull-ups and shitloads of push-ups and like all different variations every day, you know, until you just were like so pumped and so like so burnt out. It's really good. It's really good for growth. Like it, you know, it puts on mass. So I, and, and, and coupled with that, I guess I was, I was different. I was a young man then where I was, a, I was a boy when we were push. you know, when we we're at the gym, we we're just boys. Right. So there's definitely a bit more of a hormonal advantage, I'd say. Um, mm. also too, yeah, I was doing CrossFit with the guys with Glenn and the dudes at CrossFit Bondi at around that same time. And, you know, I think that was, yeah, that was kind of the, that was the beginning of like good technical instruction, like breaking down lifts and movements and trying to, trying to master more complex movement patterns like the muscle up or ring dips, you know, um, Olympic weightlifting, stuff like that. Prior to that, I'd never never really done anything that technical, you know, just muscled my way around a, a bar at the outdoor gym. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah. So, so I think I feel like it was, a, it was a few factors, but um, yeah, I mean, I've said this to other people before. I'm like, definitely just being a little bit older helped because you just, you're a bit, you can just grow a bit easier when you're like 16, 17, even for me, like I was still kind of like a boy when I was like 20. 21 you, yeah. you're like you're trying to grow and you want to get big and it's like not happening it's because you're a boy like it'll mm. happen you know I th- and i think i don't think that's any reason to not try because you're building a habit and you're st- and you're building an awareness and you are getting stronger you're getting strong yeah you just might not be getting as swollen as you want to be plus there was probably heaps of chicks and bikinis around at the at the bar set up down at bondi so testosterone was high hard outs uh, workouts were harder go harder, get sets in. That's right. You always get that extra rep when the bikini girls walk right. by. Basically. Fuck. I, I, I look back fondly over those days, the girls in bikinis, the guys, the outdoor <laughs> gym, big upper bodies, small legs. It was... Um, Teeny. Eh? Teeny, tiny legs. Tiny legs. <laughs> but um, going back to that piece, I think the, the, the two key things there, though, so points one and two was like a lack of technique and a lack of range of motion. And... Mm. All I can say to folks is like, if you're getting into these positions or you're doing an exercise and you feel like, like it's, it's uncomfortable for you, you're like, oh, this deadlift is not feeling good. Or every time I squat, like I've come away, my knee feels a bit iffy. Then that's, those are little signs that, that you're off on one of those things. Either you don't know the technique well or your range of motion is holding you back. I would also say most people do have an intuitive awareness of their own flexibility. Most people will be able to kind of 
give you a score. Like if I were to say to you, how flexible, like how flexible are you in your hips? You can probably say, oh, I'm, I'm not that flexible. Hey, like I kind of struggle, like, because you're exposed mm. to it. You go to the gym, there's a warm up exercise. You can't do it. Or when it's squatting, you're like, I fucking hate the squatting nights, whatever. So, or in jujitsu, say, guys like, oh man, I struggle every time we're doing, you know, whatever. Hate that position. Yeah, that position sucks for me, you know, mount or whatever, because I got tight hips. Um, if that's the case, if you kind of score yourself as like being a bit inadequate, um, then it's like, all right, well, you're on that side of the spectrum where you need to spend more time on that. And you need to be cautious of strength training in that area uh, because you could be just grinding it out and putting shitty load onto your joints and causing issues down the track. And stretch yeah. more, God damn it. I, I, like, I find myself recommending this more and more. Just stretch more. It helps. Yeah, totally. I'm taking, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's, um, it's tough because, you know, like you said, about the, uh, the hours that most people have in the, in the week to go to the gym. Um, and, you know, it's depending on what the goals are for them. Um, stretching doesn't seem like you're doing the right, you're using that time wisely. So it often needs to be tacked on just a little bit here and there at the beginning, but then consistently in the days between. But yeah, stretch more, stretch more. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a tough one to get in. I, I guess you could say like if you're going in and you're going to train for an hour, mm. you could spend at least 20 minutes of that doing some mobility work. Sure, yeah. And whether that means you do a set of mobility between your sets of strength work yep. or you spend the first 20 minutes warming up with mobility exercises, opening yep. up the hip flexors, doing some stuff for the hammies, some Cossack squats, yep. for the other, whatever, hanging, and then you get into your strength work. It's like it'll be night and day between the workout that you do after having stretched where you can get into good positions versus just going in, starting, pushing, starting to push weights right away. Man, I, I know that for myself. When I go into the gym and I don't warm up like my knee, which is notoriously tight, um, and even if I just kind of try and skip the warm-up and just get into it a bit with something that requires mobility, it feels like shit. The first few sets feel awful. You can't, like, you're really forcing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I find my warm-ups getting longer and longer <laughs> at the moment sometimes, you know. You're a little tired or, you know, you pick up a this or that. but I persevere with them. I've never been someone who, you know, some people will stick to a program in a certain amount of time that's given. And generally speaking, that you should do that, listeners. Um, you've got a program to do. You do it twice a week. You do it this time. Get in there and, and get it done. But, um, but no, you should also use your intuition. And I'm, I'm, I've never been the person who would kind of just grind through that one thing. I, I spend a bit of extra time if I know, because I know I'm going to get more out of the workout um, in the long run, even if I miss a set. But yeah, stretching's good. Before we go on to the third point, uh, another thing I want to mention there about folks building that awareness, and this is something I really wish people would do more, is ask someone who you think has the answer. So when you see someone God. training like at your gym or the outdoor gym and they're like 
you know, you, you see that they have something you want. They're like, wow, man, that guy looks like he moves like an animal or like, look at that girl. Look how like mobile her hips look, or she's got a great deadlift. Like go and ask her like, Hey, I'm trying to like get good at deadlifting. You seem really good at it. Could you give me a couple of tips? Um, how, how dare you, how dare you, uh, suggest that Joe? Cause would that be clearly, clearly, clearly my ego's in the way. <laughs> clearly to talk to other people because they're listening to headphones and clearly it's easier to just to youtube it even though they're right there when i say <laughs> go and talk to her i mean go and ask somebody else what her instagram name is find her yes. account and then slide into her dms and be like <laughs> can you help with my deadlift it's yes. like no that's funny it's a cultural thing hey and for sure that is you, you think it's obvious go and uh, first recognize that you're not good at it and then find someone and be humble enough to go and ask someone for advice. It seems easy enough, but it really is the, if you can get past that, it is, it's the, it's the, it's the best way to go forward. Find I'm, someone who knows what you don't know. Uh, it is, fuck. I, I like, I, I try to in, like initiate these conversations at the outdoor gym. I'm there. There's other people there. <laughs> And I'll see people looking at stuff that I'm doing and I'll be like, hey, man, hey, do it. Like, I'm the guy that says hi to everyone. I'm like, hey, hey, do it, man. And they're oh, good, you know. And I'm like, oh, what are you working on? And I'm looking for an in for them to be like, oh, like, let's, let's exchange here a little bit. Most of the time, I'm not looking for new information, if I'm honest, in that situation, because I feel like I'm pretty well versed in what's going on. Every now and again, I see someone that's doing mad shit and I'm like, man, tell me about your process there. But I'm like, why won't these fools ask? And it's totally that ego piece and, and, and whatever. Like people, I guess, I guess maybe it's not even ego. Maybe some people feel like they can't or there's something that's not cool about interrupting someone else's workout to ask them for advice. But fuck, I love talking about this shit that I know. Like I've got a whole, we've got a whole podcast around it. Like <laughs> that's all you want is for someone to ask you, right? It's your, it's your, it's your, your, your livelihood. You know, I, um, uh, you mentioned that in a podcast, you know, a month ago or more, or maybe it was us chatting and um, I realized that I hadn't been doing it much and I, it, it turned me a little bit because, you know, I'm going in and I'm doing it and I'm, I'm with whoever I'm with uh, at the time. But I thought, fuck, it's, it's definitely me as well to, to talk and chat to other people. But it, it made me um, go ahead and have more conversations um, with people, but uh, yeah, I'd love to see that. I wish it was more like that, um, for sure. So, what's the advice there, Joe? Ask people. Fucking talk, talk to people, man. Take your earphones off and go talk to some people and ask them. You know, ask them about shit. And don't, don't ask the biggest guy in the room. It's not. You know, this was this was always a thing. Like when we look back at our old days at the gym and stuff, it was like, you ask the biggest guy, "How do I get big?" and then you take his advice and. Sure, like they're going to, you know, the guy that's the biggest guy in the room is probably going to know something about getting big. But whatever, Ch you know, chances are it's not going to work for you in the same way. However, because it's, there's so many factors that go in towards that, right? But when it comes to like a movement or an exercise, you can see when, so you can generally see when somebody's doing it well. And, you know, to ask that person, hey, can you give me a couple of pointers about that exercise? It's, it's just such a surefire way to, to start to access good quality information. We can't guarantee it's going to be good, but it's probably going to be better than what you're doing 
you know, standing there by yourself with your noise cancelling earphones on the whole time. And it's a nice exchange, a human exchange. It's and you're clearly both there with similar interests. And worst case, you'll have a discussion about it, um, and kind of just point at the thing for a bit and think about it. And um, that's surely beneficial for you to be thinking about what you're doing. Like, how bizarre is that? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I know. How and do I, I mean? We up. take we take that for granted at our gym because we just people just interact constantly. But it's when you get to another gym, like an outdoor space or mm. you know a globo gym, like a big fitness first or something, and everyone's earphoned up, not talking to each other, ignoring each other, and it's like, man, this is super weird. It's mm. like a, I don't know. It's really. It's like everyone's got this kind of shield around themselves, this noise-cancelled shield. A little bit. Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I did have some good exchanges and, and Susanna, who I, I train with, she, she's there more than me at the particular park that we've been training at um, during both lockdowns. And she's really, she's like there all the time and she's built... Uh, relationships and it's turned into a community and and that's great and you know we don't speak we speak all the time about you know how, how valuable that is um but then it's yeah it's a resource you've got people you're doing it with and there's all the benefits that come with that should we move into our third point which is third mistake people commonly make when strength training a lack of consistency mm. now this lack of consistency applies to the entire process. So I'm talking the repetition or like the reps of each movement you're doing through to the workouts you're doing through to the program you're following. So we're looking from like the micro to the macro scale. There's a lack of consistency. Now, let me, let me paint this picture for folks. Paint it, Joe. Lack of consistency with your repetitions, meaning you bash it out you're doing the thing not much awareness of what's going on and your first rep versus your fifth rep versus your 10th rep versus whatever the 10th rep on your fourth set are all potentially very different you don't even know because you're not really thinking about it. you're just bashing it out so this is this is the first point in terms of the workout this is you have no consistency to your workouts so you go in on monday and you just do what feels good. And then you go in on Wednesday and you just do what feels good. And that happens every single week. So every week it's like a fucking lucky dip. Um, further to that is lack of consistency to your program. So the, 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 looking at the macro is like over a three to six month period, you're just doing a bunch of stuff. There's no like structure there, no framework. Now, I'm not totally writing off the idea of playing with new movements or making space in your training to go and do some new stuff, try some new things. Um, how you structure it, you might choose, you know, hey, on Monday, I'm going to do some leg work. And maybe from one week to the next to the next, it looks a bit different. You know, maybe it's some split squats on this week and then the next week it's pistols and then the week after that it's back squats. We could argue there's consistency to a degree there because you're doing leg work every Monday. Um, maybe it's not Monday, but every, every week you get some leg work in. I'm cool with that. However, I think for a lot of folks who don't have, haven't had a great amount of education around this, um, this idea of changing it up all the time and, and, and doing something new just starts to become too pervasive in their training. And the lack of consistency leads to a lack of results. 
Yes. And we, I guess these, these are all based around uh, wanting to get stronger. Yeah. Uh, these are all about strength. And um, yeah, if you want to get stronger at something, a movement pattern, yeah, you've, you've got to do it. Um, I guess one, one um, word that comes to mind or one aspect of it is, is measurement. Um, when you talk about the consistency in the programs and, um, you know, it's, it's measuring whether it's how many reps you're doing, how many you did this week compared to that workout next week, um, or it's the load, et cetera, um, over time. And, and really, you've got to be doing that if you, if you want to keep moving along. Um, and, you know, if you're new to it, it certainly helps to actually be writing it down or keeping a spreadsheet on your phone or putting it somewhere. Um, and later on, when you get more experience, I suppose you, you're more across your, your own numbers, but you definitely want to start by, by writing it down or, or putting it on a spreadsheet. It's got to be measured and you've got to be, um, you know, progressing, adding more load or making the pattern or the level longer, make it harder. Yeah, that's right. Uh, writing, writing it down somewhere is so important. And I mean, look, even failing that is, uh, and this again goes to this idea of like, if you don't want to, you know, take charge of that part yourself, go to a gym that does that for you. Like, like go to, you know, Jungle Brothers, right? We do that. We program the classes um, on six to 12 week cycles where there's consistency across the board. And so it's like, for people showing up, they don't have to think about it. They just do what, what, you, what they're being told to do that day. And they know it's getting taken care of. But if you are training by yourself, yeah, have a notebook or use an app or follow some kind of program. Um, not a lucky dip program. There's some fucking shit ones out there. Um, because this, and this speaks to the very first point we made, which is uh, having poor technique or not understanding the technique is that consistency allows you to get better at that skill. So going back to the squat example, you might not be particularly great at the squat this week but you're trying really hard. You train it again next week, you, you're a little bit better. You train it the week after, you're a little bit better again. Six weeks from now, you're going to have a half-decent squat. And lo and behold, you're now starting to get more out of that workout because you're squatting well, you understand the technique, the weight's gone up, you're putting a bit of muscle on, like all those good things. So the consistency helps with learning the technique as well as getting the results from the training you're doing, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you hear it a lot, consistency, you know, when you see anything to do with fitness and et cetera, and it, it, it rings true all the time. Um, putting in the work and, and, and getting better at the thing, um, moving from place to place, as you said, is difficult. And if you've got a specific goal, yeah, I mean, you've got to join a gym or, or get a coach if you've got that specific goal and they can help you with that. But yeah, you've got to keep working at the thing um, and, and trust in the process because often it's like results now. It feels very slow in the beginning, but like we said, technique is going to get you there in the long run. Yeah. The, thinking back to the, um, the talking about like the, the lack of consistency on a repetition scale, like on mm. like, or rather on a set, like in a set. I think about this with people that I've coached in the past where, you'll look at their set and each repetition, like they'll be doing eight reps of a deadlift and each repetition will look a little bit different. And you'll be like, fuck, <laughs> there's no consistency there. And then you'll say, oh, how did that set feel? And they'll be like, good. And I might ask, 
um, did you notice any difference between like the first rep and the last one? And they'll say, nope. And you're like, fuck, like this person just has, like there's no awareness of what they're doing because they've actually just done eight kind of, mind, you know, kind of different little movements, um, but they thought they were doing the same one. And I think that, 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 that lack of consistency just speaks to a lack of self-awareness a lack of focus at the time, like, okay, I'm here to do this thing. I'm investing time in my training. I'm paying for this, you know, probably coach or a gym membership, whatever. I'm going to get good at it. Um, and it's like, you've got to focus with that. You've got you to put mental energy into trying to do it as well as you can. And, you know, if you can focus now, then next week when you come in, you're going to be a little bit better. And like I said before, you're just going to continue to improve. So I think that like, the goal should be for anyone's strength training, when you're doing sets of an exercise, like every repetition should look the same. Every repetition should be executed as well as possible. And it should be to the point where from, the, from someone standing and watching, they're like, fuck, that was a clean set. Every repetition looked good. Because that then indicates you got good control, good awareness, and it's all intentional. You're not just kind of, having a crack every time and, and seeing if, you know, whatever, I can put a bit more weight on the bar today or whatever the fuck. If I move it from A to B and back to A again, it's done. That's right. It's, it's taken this, this, this body mechanics thing for granted, isn't it? I think that, um, I think maybe there's an overarching theme amongst a lot of this, which is strength training is inherently skillful and, and, you know, you could extend this out to conditioning training or bodybuilding training or whatever, but, there's a very there's a very significant skill aspect within it and if you don't embrace that then you're never going to get good at it and as a result you're never really going to get great results from it but if you can if you can acknowledge that it is skillful and it does take time and repetition and consistency uh then fuck man you can get super strong and jacked and whatever you want yeah i like this conversation because it makes me think of just how we're doing things at the gym um, here and keeping people on track with their strength training. Cause sometimes, um, you know, say if you're training and you, you know, you, you like to say what we do and you come here and you're like, they're going to take care of it. Um, uh, you know, um, I think hopefully, um, they understand that, you know, getting stronger is going to help them get to like, so their goal isn't necessarily, I want to get stronger. It's I want to feel more confident or uh, maybe it's more specific to doing a big hike or something like that. Um, but knowing that strength is going to underpin that goal and it's going to help them toward that goal, um, you know, because you speak about being intentional with it and trying to get better at it. Um, so, you know, if you have a good coach, they're going to help you link that towards your, your goal. You know, um, and hopefully they're setting and, and you're eventually doing it on your own and you're setting your intention that uh, this is this, this session, I'm doing it really well. I want to do it well because it's part of the bigger goal type of thing. You know what I mean? This is our strength session. To put it simply, oh, okay, that session's our stretch session. This one here is our conditioning energy system kind of session. You know what I mean? It's like we're here to get strong, not to just get it done. Um, and then this is what's getting you towards your goals. So let's do it well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I mean, you know, I was trained jujitsu last night and I, I think, um, 
I think that it's very much a similar thing with that. It's like you got whatever, some time at the beginning of class where you're drilling techniques, learning new techniques. And it's like, you have to really focus and try to do the technique well. And, and I'm guilty of sometimes not and just fumbling through it and kind of, you know, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm here to learn a skill. Like let's, let's apply ourselves so we can learn this skill. Yeah. I mean, not every workout is, is perfect um, as well. And you're not always going to be there to do it. Sometimes you just need to get it done that day, but, but you know, that's what you should kind of want to be drawing back to. Hey. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah you're going to have times when you take it a bit easy and whatever, but I think if you, if you look back at your training and you can think, and you can say, yeah, for the most part, I apply myself and I am getting better and I do really try quite hard, then great. That's what we're going for. But if you can't say those things, then I think that it kind of speaks to a gaping hole in your approach to, to training. And it's perhaps using it, you know, it's perhaps not giving it as, as much, um, you know, thoughtfulness as it deserves. Um, I don't want anybody to be weak. No, you don't. You care. You um, care more than they do, Paul. Something you do often, you do, you don't care you? more than they more. I yeah, know. that's that's like the curse of a coach. You care more oh, than they care. I, I know. Um, I was going to say, jitsu is a, a tough one. Um, and I know we're talking about strength training, but just on the side, if you apply that, um, that idea of doing it well and the technique part of it, like, I guess because it's tied in with fight or flight and you know competition that you you know and how i just find so many people often will just skip the technique it's like you know it's you know when you have someone coach a technique and it's clearly got six steps and they'll go to step one two and then it'll be like five six <laughs> yeah and um, you know and it's just like and on the other end of the spectrum you got people i'm probably on the other end of the spectrum where you just like drown yourself in the steps and the technique that you might not get as much done. <laughs> <laughs> like you think, go too deep into the technique. Yeah. I was like, oh, I won't let myself actually do this in real motion time because I don't want to miss a step. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I, I can, I can think back to when we've rolled in the past. It's like, just unleash poorly. Like <laughs> I can go for it, mate. I don't want to use an ounce of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> stall technique mate speaking of the last night at training it was quite fun just a little side note um by the way i only found out when i got home from training that i had to self-isolate so i was responsibly out in the public prior to that um so ad said we're doing rounds it was the second class which is the advanced class and he's like all right here's how it's going to work tonight we're, we're rolling for whatever it was like 45 minutes or something like that and he said um, if you're rolling with someone of the same belt level, then you have to tap them once to win within the eight minute round. But if it's someone of a belt below, then you got to tap them twice. And then if it's a belt below that, it's three times. So the way it works is like, I'm a brown belt. So if I'm rolling with another brown belt, I got to tap them once to win. If I'm rolling with a purple belt, I got to get them twice. If it's a blue belt, three and a white belt, four times. And if you, so if I only tap a white belt three times in the round, they win the round. And I have to do, whoever that loses the round has to do 10 burpees at the end of the round. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It, like, it really brings the mongrel out of you because it becomes, like, it just becomes hyper-competitive. Um, I need something like that every now and then. Yeah, I think you yeah. would like it. It, would bring, it would bring the mongrel out of you, bruh. Hey, um, it's been 
like the energy up there is great. JT has been killing it and there's new people up there on the mats here in the gym. And there's, um, and there's some other, you know, members coming from downstairs, going upstairs. And, you know, we've just added Tuesday and Thursday mornings, no gee. So there's a full 6am Monday to Friday timetable. Shit, I didn't know it was every day in the morning now. Yeah. So that's next week. Amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm looking up there and there's some, there's a few really strong fucking body weight, strong, strong people from downstairs um, who have gone upstairs and I was looking up and dude, yeah, just some, some strong, like once they have some technique and they're going to be hard to handle. It'd be awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get back up there soon. Are you? When I say soon, 2022. <laughs> yeah. I want, once we're carbon positive, I'll get back up there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, sick. So look, the fix quickly on that the fix for the consistency aspect is start following some kind of program start bringing attention to each set that you're doing and plan your weeks out so that you have consistency mm -hmm. to your approach in training like it just it it all works in your favor if you do that it might seem a little bit boring and i can say if you're following a program that goes for six weeks or that's eight weeks whatever it's going to feel really fun for the first few weeks because it's all kind of new and you're getting better at it and it'll, you know and then on the last couple of weeks, it's going to be a bit of a drag because you're like, I've been doing this shit for six weeks already, or seven weeks, whatever. It's meant to feel that way. And then right when you're getting sick of it, the program will change. And that's a really nice approach. You will be getting the most out of the consistency piece, but also not just doing the same thing month in and month out endlessly, um, which actually ties into the fifth point, but I might just bring that forward to the fourth, which is this idea of progressive overload. Now, this is a term that gets, oh, no, sorry. Let me, let me label this as the mistake. And this is you're using the same exercise or the same load all the time. Now, what this speaks to is this need, this, this, this requirement of any good strength training approach of progressive overload. And that is the load that you're using has to progressively get heavier. So if I'm doing a deadlift with 20 kilos this week, then hopefully next week I'm doing it with 25 kilos. Hopefully the week after, maybe 27 and a half and then 30 and then 32 and a half, progressively overloading my body. Now, the idea there is that I'm increasing the load of the stimulus, which is forcing me to adapt and become stronger. One kind of thing that we see with people who are a little bit more immature with their approach to strength training is just not adding more weight. And so they're kind of it's great. Like they're practicing the movement. And I often, I got to say the people that I often see doing this um, often tend to do the movement quite well because they've been practicing it with the same weight for fucking ever. But the thing is, if you're using the same load or the same variation, we're talking about body weight strength. Let's say you're just doing push-ups for 10 reps, four sets all the time. You don't actually get stronger from it. There's a point where it's now it's, it's almost just like you're warming up all the time you, you, and it's not, it's not pushing you any further towards greater levels of strength or, you know, muscle mass or whatever it is you're trying to get from your training. So there has to be an element of progressive overload. You have to be increasing the load or the variation over time. And again, if you're not familiar with how to do that from a body weight perspective, whatever, it's kind of where a coach comes in. Comment on that, Paul? Well, question. Um, Cause what I said, the park is, do the same thing 
um, same weight, and I'm, I'm talking about body weight training, so you get the same load. Uh, often the goal for people is to do more of the same. So with the push-ups example, it's like, oh, I, I just want to get to 40 push-ups unbroken. So like, you know, the, what's going on there and can you, are you getting stronger by doing more of them? Great question. I guess you could make the argument, yeah, like you have to be getting somewhat stronger. If you could only do 37 and now you can do 40, yeah, you got stronger somehow. Mm. But like, what is that on a percentage basis? And what is that? Does it really change anything? Or are you just getting a little bit better at handling the, the, the lactic acid buildup at around the 30 rep mark and you're able to push through a bit further? Yep. So, you know, what, what's actually happening there? So yeah, no, right? Like our, our approach would say, That's, no, like don't try and get to 40. Do a harder exercise. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's like strength endurance type of training and that might be specific to your sport, but it won't let you push any more weight for a single rep potentially. So say if you were doing 10 push-ups all the time, you got really good at that. You were to test a one RM. That is, what's, if you're in a push-up position, what's the heaviest weight I can put on my back and still get it done with one rep? By then doing more and more push-ups, you know, I'm going to train the next phase and do 20, 30, and I got to 40. It wouldn't greatly, it probably would make your one RM go up, but not as great as if you were overloading um, with a plate every time you did your 10. Like right. putting, a, putting a plate on your back, making back. it loaded? Yep. So and then I did, instead of doing 40 and I'm going to do 10, but I'm going to do it with 10 kilos on my back and 12 and a half, et cetera. Um, and I guess that's what we're getting to in terms of just pure strength or the ability to be able to contract your muscle in that or, you know, or you, that group of muscles in that coordinated movement is you've got to add load progressively to, to make you strong. That's what stronger is. Strength endurance, I guess, is a different thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And look, you could say, yeah, add more load to it. Or in the absence of that, let's say you don't have plates, you could increase the range of motion, which makes it harder. Or you could yes. change the body position to increase the mechanical load. Yeah, 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 totally. You know, totally. so like, so for, you know, and this is, this is again, where it's really handy to know someone who, to talk to someone who knows about this shit. It's like, Oh, you got real good at push-ups. All right, why don't you try and do do some dips now? Like that is a really logical step that we use in the gym all the time. It's like, all right, once you've mastered the push-up, you, you could do like a deficit push-up where you're going deeper between a couple of kettlebells or parallel bars, and then hey, let's get you onto the dip, start to build that, and it's like, you know, you're scaling up the difficulty and the complexity and the demand and the and and it just that's progress versus. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Like two years ago, you could do 20 push-ups. Now you can do 40. What an awesome two years of training it's been. I don't know if I could do 40 in a row. <laughs> I bet it's the kind of thing. I reckon if I put a gun to your head, you'd probably do 100. <laughs> it's just no, like, I, who fucking cares? <laughs> I got strict technique parameters that I wouldn't allow myself to get to 100. <laughs> <laughs> Have you a, done, uh, do you remember Betsy's 100 push-up challenge? No. Oh, vaguely, what was it? You should give that a go. And for anyone listening, I say that like if there's anybody out there who's listening. For those <laughs> of you listening, thank you for listening. Hello. 
try a hundred, try and perform a hundred pushups in four minutes. Now, uh-huh. just, just try and do it. Right. And you structure it however you like. And, uh, I've done this multiple times with people. It's really cool. It's fun. I, I failed it when I first did it and then I tried a different strategy and, and got it. Um, yeah, give it a go. hundred pushups, four minutes. If you can't do, you know, if you can't do like 10 to 20 pushups on flat ground, then don't try and do it on flat ground. Like put your hand, you know, do it on a bench or whatever, like make it a bit easier for yourself, but just set it at a, at a realm where you could perform 10 to 20 reps and try and get a hundred in four minutes. What's the technique? You got to break it down for us now. How many per minute or do you do it every? I can't tell you. Seconds? No, it's a challenge. I can't tell you how to do that. Come on. Do it and come back to us. Uh, let us know on the Instagram at Jungle Brothers Movement how you went with the four-minute push-up challenge. All right, let's rip this one through the gym. Let's see everyone do this. Yeah, I, I did it a couple of times at the gym as a little finisher in classes. And it was always fun. It's not a great, it's, it's a bit of an asshole finisher because everyone's extremely tight and sore <laughs> with pecs for days following. But yeah, it's a good one. Okay. Give it a go. Are you coaching tonight? No, you're not. No. We've got the coach's training session here, so maybe we should do it then. <laughs> Like I'm sp- I was going to be this tonight. I know. I'm like, I'm coming. Paulie and I, we're going we're to go and have a beer afterwards at one drop. It's going to be great. Dylan was spewing when I told him just now. D- like, yeah, Dylan's been breaking my... I'm like, mate, I'm coming. I'm yeah, not massive, but I'm coming. Hey, by the way, um, you were saying about jujitsu and not knowing that you were involved in this, isol- this COVID case type thing. At best, you're- the reason why we had to isolate is... Hattie had exposure to it. Maybe she had direct exposure. She's a close contact, but you actually don't need to isolate if you can separate yourself from her. So it's happened in the case where uh, my sister and her husband, and they've got a bigger house and he isolated in another room. It's where you have, um, where you, where you can't isolate from that child and you need to care for them. Then you, then you have to, so all I'm saying is whether you can actually, you know, be in separate rooms and et cetera or not, like you're not very, it's not a high chance that you've even got it. It's more the fact that um, you have to be near her while she's isolating because you've got to care for her because she's young. Yeah, that's right. I'm totally following the rules. I think the chances are so like, slim. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, it was a whole school that have had to, that have had to isolate. We don't even know. You know, like it could have, yeah, it could have just been so such a minuscule chance of exposure. But I guess, yeah, it was like, fuck, well, got to do the right thing. Bastards. Bastards. Just come on down, Joey. Mate. I just jump in the car and come on down. No one would even know. I don't have to post this episode. Hmm. Just put it in the bin. Just lose lose the file. Just the file. Um. But so the, the big thing there is, guys, if you are not like the fix for this is if you look back at your training and I'm like, hey, I am doing the same shit week in, week out, year after year, then that points to, okay, maybe you need to change it up a little bit and maybe you need to find a way to make your workouts a little bit more challenging. Not to say that what you're doing is not hard because sure, trying to do 40 push-ups is hard, but maybe get a bit of help from someone. Hey, hey. I'm really good at these push-ups and I kind of seem to have nailed lunges. What do you think I could be doing that could make this a bit harder? And again, go to the person who knows the one that the person who's doing it quite well or the coach who, you know, has a bit of experience or anyone that works at jungle brothers. Um, do them upside down. What's that? Do them upside down now. 
Try that. Do them, up, do them upside down. <laughs> We're going to go to the final point here, which is you're moving too fast. Preach and to us, Joe. The, the whole idea, you're moving too fast in your strength training. Now, I know that there's going to be a lot of people screaming when they hear this. Is like, what about power development? What about speed? Yes, if you are trying to develop power or speed, you do need to move fast. And yes, if you are trying to get strong, there is an element for moving fast uh, or there is a time for that, especially when the load that you're using is very heavy um, because if you move extremely slow, you might not be able to move the load. But for the majority of folks, and particularly those who are a little bit newer to this thing, strength comes from moving slower because you are maintaining mechanical tension on the working joints and the working muscles. So an example of this, again, is the squat. If I'm just pumping out the squats really fast, dropping down at free fall speed and then blasting back up, and I can get 10 reps done in 10 seconds, I'm using a lot of momentum there. I'm using a lot of momentum, which means I don't have to use mechanical tension. I don't have to use muscular energy. Whereas if I slow it down and I go, I'm going to take a few seconds to go down, and then I'm just going to come up over a second or two. Now, all of a sudden, it takes me four to six seconds per rep. The set takes me, instead of 10 seconds, it might take me 30 to 45 seconds. There's now a lot more mechanical tension on the working muscles and joints. Uh, this is called time under tension for those that like the terminology. But essentially, I'm under load for a longer duration of time. And that means that per workout or per week or per cycle, per program, whatever, I'm under more load. And this is where I get more strength. Happens all the time. See it all the time. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I see it all the time. I saw it last night and that's something to remind, remind you and uh, remind people, um, even, even in Jungle Brothers in the gym, um, especially just bringing them back to the focus of that particular program um, and the intention of the workout. Like I said before, it's if you're there to get strong, then this is how you want to do it. Um, if you're trying to, you know, blast your lungs, then obviously you're going to be doing it fast and trying to chase time and, and push a little bit more uh, volume in that, in that amount of time. But um, yeah, look, it, it's also one that hits the ego as well for a lot of, a lot of folks and uh, going slower. It, it definitely exposes things as uh, ranges in any kind of movement pattern where we're stronger and when there's ranges that where we're weaker and um, well, you know, generally when the joints more open, you're stronger and more closed, you're a little weaker, but there's also just specific to the individual. Some people can be very weak because whatever factor has led them to be quite weak at that angle, that's going to be exposed there and, and doing, you know, doing it fast, you, you probably, you're going to go over that without addressing it. Um, going slow teaches a whole lot of lessons there. Um, and it means that you potentially have to take the weight off or use a band because, you know, your chin-ups are really poor at the 90-degree angle or whatever that is. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good bit of advice for sure, especially for beginners and intermediate. Yeah, that's but a great point. Time, it does expose deficiencies, doesn't it? Because you, 
you you have time to pass through those sticking points and you're like oh shit i'm really weak here or i suck at this spot whereas moving fast would allow you to just brush over that and never really address it yeah 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 absolutely yeah i think like like i said there is a place for training fast but even for myself um my like my sport like jujitsu allows me to move fast in my strength training i'm pretty slow and deliberate all the time and i just i i think it's i think as a recommendation for the majority of folks they get so much more from their training if they just slowed it down um Mm. and you know whatever like once you become expert at that movement and you've done it slow and you can do it with weight and all those things sure then you can start to smash it out real quick like that time will come but until then man make it make it slow and deliberate and fuck like like you were saying it does crush the ego when you do say you do a push-up i I was doing this during lockdown um i was using just regular push-ups as some accessory work i was using them for a bit of i do like a little bodybuilding session on a friday afternoon or a friday morning i do like four sets of 12 push-ups or 10 push-ups but i would do four seconds down four seconds up and it's like grueling how good does it feel though Oh man, like, yeah, it does feel, I mean, it's good, but it's also painful, but God, yeah, damn. yeah, yeah. Cause you know, yeah, for us, like you could do four sets, of 12 push ups, and it would be a warm up, not even. However, four seconds down, four seconds up, those things will break you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess, um, yeah, for a lot of people, it's, it's usually the eccentric part of the movement um, where you want to slow down because. That one, you're generally moving with gravity and um, you can move fast. So, and you, you just do, especially if you're weaker, you're going to collapse into the bottom of your squat. So it's your job there is to resist gravity there. And as you're lowering yourself down, you're kind of pushing against gravity. And you're, like you said, you're loading the tissue. Um, and as you said, coming up, it's, it's harder. You're moving against gravity. You want to move fast. Um, but there's some good value in moving slow on the way up too. Um, I like to mix the slow and fast is what I'm moving towards, which is, oh, oh, it's the slow eccentric and the explosive upward. Um, first exposed to me by Joey Worthington many years ago, written down a program teaching me what tempos are. Remember those days? I do. Like in the early days at the old gym? Old yes. Brothers gym? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and um, I remember you talking about grueling and egos, and that was that was me. I was, you know, doing my first pull-ups with slow eccentrics and and this explosiveness on the way up, um, and yeah, it's, it was really tough. But there is there is some value to to that as well, um, you know, somewhere in between. Yeah, totally, and I think yeah, you could. I think if you're like say taking that that specific example, if you are performing a pull-up or a chin up and you, you can do it at a tempo of it would have been four one x one i'm guessing which is my favorite tempo at the time or yeah. five one x one so it was like from the top of the your chin is over the bar you're at the top you go four seconds down nice and slow hold it for one second at the bottom and then pull up as fast as you can hold it for one second at the top and repeat like that's fast through the concentric phase but there's also a pause at the bottom and a pause at the top, which is really important there because 
it's, it's taking away your ability to use your stretch reflex. So forcing you to stop at a dead hang and hold for a second, then like, man, pull as fast as you want. You can't actually pull that fast, right? Like there's a lot of tension on the muscle. So I feel like for folks like, yeah, like the, those pauses and that slow eccentric, perhaps add those into what you're doing and they just make anything infinitely harder. Uh, and the beauty is harder means you get way more results from that exercise you're doing. You get jacked. You get fucking way jacked. I mean, look at me now. I'm wearing <laughs> a pink tank top from the Movement Collective. Shout out to Rod Cooper over at the Movement Collective. With that hair though. This fucking Lego hair, mate. I'm, I've got a haircut booked for the 8th of November, hoping to be um, back out in the world by then. Uh, I'm not chopping it off though. I'm just getting it, you know, shaped. I like it. I really like it. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like it too. That's why I'm growing it. Um, I just got to get it tended to because there's some real thickness to the sides and stuff. I got to just get, you know, get someone who can give it a bit of steeze. When is that haircut? Sorry? 8th of November. Okay. A week and a bit. When is that? Okay, good. Because you might want to consider the theme for the Christmas party um, before you cut it. Oh, what's the theme? Um, well, there's a few going around, but you know how serious we get. If, like you said, more hair, more options. You might want to use it to your advantage. That's a great point. Um, well, because, but I need, to, I need a theme to be locked down before the 8th. Can we? Yeah, and, there, and it will because it's going to be next Friday. It's going to be locked ah, in. Okay, wonderful. There's some good ones being thrown around. People are you like. Gonna, huh? Are you going to give? I'm about to give a fix for this. But are you going to give us a? Um, are you going to give us a little teaser about the Christmas party? Oh yeah, December fourth. It's going to be wicked. December fourth, um, is it? December fourth. Giddy up. Um, Three p.m. at One Drop Brewery. Oh yes, the coolest place to be in Botany. Yep. Um, and it's going to be wicked. There's going to be an after party uh, with details to be revealed about the after party, which basically means we're looking for other venues other than the gym. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm stoked to have it at the gym actually and just be like, yeah, we're having the after party here. But I am looking at some other options, um, you know, just in the area. But um, yeah, man, can't wait. So yeah, it'll be themed and you know how we get down. People are going to be wild with their you know, creations and I, I want to lock it in by next Friday and I wanted to ask your opinion on some of them maybe after this and got the DJ texting me. He wants to be confirmed because he's getting, it's getting booked up, mate. Dan Sester. Yeah, he's like, mate, it's getting booked up and you to confirm. Oh. Doing parties here and there, multiple venues in one night. Um, so yeah, should be wild. Holy shit. Okay, so you got Sester coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Who else? Anyone else? Um, well, no, Sester just texted me. I was going to ask you, you think that's a good idea? Sester from 10? So, yeah, put him on late. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back here. That, that'll be late, when, you know, wherever we go. That makes sense. Yeah, he's an after-party DJ for sure when the, when the evening gets dark. Yeah, well, uh, there's the classic, you know, um, story about when he went too dark. He was in his own world at the party here that one year. 
And uh, I was saying to Dylan, yeah, but you know, that, that, that time you went too dark, and Dylan's like, I, I want it to get darker this year. This year I want it to get darker. <laughs> <laughs> but the fuck, I mean, the music at a Christmas party is such a tricky one because everyone's got an opinion, don't they? Yeah, 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 totally. No, nah, but whatever we do, it's going to be special. It always is. For anyone that hasn't seen, you got to go back into, our, into the Jungle Brothers Instagram and look at some of the, the photos from last year's. Look at the photos from any Christmas party. They're fucking exceptional every time. Last year's one really was like, was, a, was, you know, the special of the special where it was like the three-day camping trip, Burning Man type thing, people fucking out in the woods. It was wild, mate. But even the year before that, I loved that it. it was a dress-up theme and it was just here at One Drop and... It was like a super, was super, not superheroes. What is it? It was just dresses, whatever. Was it dresses what you want? Superheroes and villains, I think. That's right. That was fucking just, awesome. It's just the effort everyone puts in and they're like, yeah. they're, 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 despite, you know, it being not away and it's in Sydney, like people have turned up to fucking be there and have a good time, you know? It's like, yeah. everyone's been to a lame party or people don't put the effort in. Yeah, These that's guys right. put the effort in. Yeah, it's not that kind of dress up. Like you cannot come if you're not if you haven't put some effort in. Even if you just threw something together, that's okay. But you got to show up in costume, and you got to be there to mingle and dance. Get fucked up. Mm. Now let me just let me just wrap that last point. So simple fix. Sorry. If you, you no, not at all. For people who are, the last one there was you move too fast. So we want you to move slower. So here's how you do it. Count three seconds on the way down for the movement and count a couple of seconds on the way up. Just try that. If you want to go a bit techy with it, you could even add a pause at the top and the bottom, but a really good starting point. Three seconds on the way down, two seconds on the way up. Whatever you're doing, squats, deadlifts, push-ups, pull-ups, it's going to make it harder, but it's going to give you a chance to really connect with the movement. And going back to our first point, which was um, loading before you understand the technique, it's going to help you to learn the technique better. Let me just whip through a quick list of the main takeaways that I had from what we just went through, Paulie. So the first one was you need mm-hmm. to stretch more. Just fucking do a little bit more stretching. That's going to help you become more flexible. Uh, you need to, second point, learn the technique. Now, if you don't have the, the wherewithal to go and learn the technique, then get yourself a coach who understands the technique and let them take you through it. Fourth is you need to bring more awareness to each training session and you actually need to focus on what you're doing. So this is going to help you to learn it better, but it's going to start to bring a bit of consistency to what you're doing. Uh, the fifth point is follow a program. So follow some kind of structure that's going to enable you to have this consistency and also overload it. Uh, sixth point is make it a little bit harder each week. So once you feel like you've got a handle on the technique, start to make it a little bit tougher, whether it's adding a couple of reps or it's adding more load. But this is where you're going to start to incorporate progressive overload into your training. And then the last point is move slower. So slow down your eccentric, slow down like the lowering phase, slow down the concentric a little bit, and beautiful things will happen. Did you have any, any takeaways, Polly, in your mind that I didn't mention there? Oh, I feel like I'm a broken record, I guess. It's, and it's to, you know, looking for advice and finding someone a training buddy or even joining a gym like ours like really um yeah doing it with someone who knows what they're doing 
it's getting a coach, it's, it's joining a gym with people who have that attitude of getting better and trying to train smarter, you know, looking at what information's out there and, and you know, tearing the ego away and trying to do it together, really. So it's just one real big plug, really. Yeah, Holy that's right. Guys, junglebrothers.com. <laughs> um, um, yeah. About it, really. No, that's a fucking excellent one. And that's right. We spoke very much about that, which is, yeah, go fucking talk to someone who knows. God damn it. Now, tell mm. me what the main themes are that you're throwing around for this Christmas party. We're going to wrap in a couple of minutes, but give me, give me a little tantalizing breakdown here. Oh, in terms of themes? Yeah, you allowed to expose those now, or is that not? Is that oh no, no. I what, what themes do we have? We had a, a color, um, which I find is very powerful, um, because you you know you pick a color, it's pink, and everyone wears pink as much pink as they can. It's really unifying. If you've been to one of those parties before, um, and well, we're trying to do themes that open up creativity all the time. You know, if you have Fucking, you know, whatever, gangsters, 1960s gangsters, and everyone does the same thing and it's very literal. So we're trying to look at things that have scope for creativity and different interpretations, you know. Always, I think they make the good parties. Then we're looking for a, a, uh, a juxtaposition type of theme. And this one here is like where you get a cross of two things that can be interpreted in different ways. Mm-hmm. So it gives people options, but a general kind of sense like um, techno Viking. Is that one of them? Ah, uh, yes. Or, or yeah. oh, I can't even remember them. But two two differing things. Um, uh, thrift. Thrift is gaining momentum. I'm not a huge fan of it, but thrift. I, thrift yeah, thrift or thereabouts. I, um, like people are like really. We've asked a few trusted members and coaches and stuff, and they like they love the idea of op shopping and doing that. But I think we want to like try and inspire more. Like thrift party, I think is not that inspiring. But if we if we find a way to say thrifting by you know coming up with say a lyric from that thrift that thrift fucking song from Macklemore or something like that, that just excites the creativity a little more or um, something like Miami Vice, which is thrift. Like it screams thrift anyway, Um, or something like that. Um, What else was there? Oh man, I can't even remember now. Miami Vice, that speaks to me. I like that. I got the hair going on. You do. And yeah. Cubans, cocaine importation. You know what T said? Fast boats. What did he? Oh, uh, glam rock. Glam rock. Oh yeah, glam rock's a good one. Yeah, which you know he loves, and I love that. That would you know that'd be that'd be sick as well. Um. So yeah, there's you know it's funny hey the the retro scene is so prominent these days, and and all of the things are leading towards a, a retro type of thing. I don't hate it at all. I've been dying to wear a pair of flares, and I love flares. I've actually got two pairs in the cupboard. Do you? Um, I do. I bought them for, I think, for a Christmas party. I didn't wear them in the end. Um, and they're just in my cupboard. But I, I love wearing flares. Uh, yeah, yeah the, um, the other pair is from another dress-up party, the Wolverine dress-up party. And they were so good that I've just kept them. 
just I haven't worn them since. I just want to say, oh, I might need that. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd go retro. Do I'm keen. Whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to go all out. No, you always do. You always look spectacular. I think back to the last gym party we had where you dressed up as Eddie Murphy coming to America. That was great fun. You look fucking spectacular. <laughs> yeah, man. It's so much fun. So we need to set it in, in, in stone, I think, next Friday to give people a good chance to get ideas going, do the shopping, do the sewing, whatever it is. So It's going to be wicked. Booyah. All right. Well, fucking let me know because I'm keen. I'm going to get this hair tailored to suit. As long as it stays big, I've, I'm, I've come this far with it. I've got to keep growing it. I don't know how long I can hold out, but. That, that's, that's a good theme, big hair. Big hair. Is that actually, yeah, like big hair. Because you can interpret that and kind of string that out in various directions. Have you seen the upcoming UFC fighter, Paddy Pimblett? Oh, yeah, Paddy. I'm going for that. You're what? I'm going for You're his haircut. For <laughs> oh, my God. That Brit pop look. That Brit pop, yeah, like Oasis, Beatles, kind of like cropped. Yeah. Down. It's like, yeah, it's like the it's like a bowl cut, except the bowl's been tilted backwards. <laughs> so it like touches the back of the shoulders and then comes up across the eyebrows. It's fucking special. Isn't that what Liam Jones has right now? I think he does. Young Liam. Um yeah, that is a you should find a party that you can dress up as him. Just go as him. <laughs> Get the haircut and be in the in the little shorts and the gloves. Next. Next directors meeting we have, I'll be like, oh, um, UFC is always a good, always a good theme. People always get excited for a UFC theme. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how T sells it. Oh, Glamrock's always a good one. It's like he's got a costume in his mind that he wants to wear. <laughs> yeah, he does. Around it, which like, is basically look D's, at, D's clothes. If you look at that, how that works in his brain, there, that's actually what that's actually been of great value to Jungle Brothers because that, that's how he does it. He thinks of that, the end goal thing, and then he builds everything else around it, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I think this would be a great theme, guys. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, Jungle Ballina should say, because it has an Instagram, amazing, um, and he's on it and he's opening soon. I thought I'd just plug him a little bit. Fucking A. Well, he's supposed to be opening. T's gym, Jungle Ballina, will be open on the 8th of November. Correct me if I'm wrong which at the time of recording this is the 29th of October. By the time this is released, if I could do mathematics on the fly, holy shit, this episode's potentially going to drop on the day that T's gym opens. Wow. Well, yeah. Don't make us a liar, T. Make sure it opens. So here's what you need to do. Listening, please. On your Instagram, go and follow at Jungle Ballina. That's Jungle Ballina, B-A-L-L-I-N-A. T's gym, shoulder bit of support. Follow the journey because this is, as I posted on the Jungle Alliance Instagram, this is the first, his gym is the first true offspring of the Jungle Alliance. Yes, correct. It's exciting. It's so exciting. And I can't believe that it's come to this stage. He sent us a message of some progress and some him making an Instagram. And I'm like, he's doing it. He's doing it. He really is growing up now. <laughs> He's it's getting funny. there. He's grinding yeah. it out. I, um, he keeps on sending like, oh, I miss you guys. I realize, I realize how much I loved having you guys. Because <laughs> it was like he didn't have, whatever. He's just doing everything that the three of us all did collectively. He's doing it essentially all by himself now. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's got a couple of the guys up there with him, but he's training them at the same time. So, yeah, he's very much carrying that load. Good fucking work to him. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up there. Friends, thank you for listening. We hope that today's episode helps you to become stronger. If you know someone who you think could be getting stronger too, please share the episode with them. It really goes a long way to help support the show and it also helps your friend to stop being weak. So share the episode with them. Say, hey, you should listen to this. Um, follow Jungle Ballina and keep an ear out for the Christmas party. See what's going on there. If you need some help with your training, get at us, junglebrothers.com. You know that it's on. Um, and we'll have T, by the time you're hearing this, he'll be on the episode probably following one or two after. So you'll be hearing from him again soon enough. Um, thank you for listening. Ah, and today, even though I was tuning in from home, I was drinking Panavore coffee. So I got a shout out to Tree and Panavore Cafe in Pagewood for hooking me up. I was having one too. I had one from, we got them in the fridge downstairs. Fucking beautiful. Bang. Those guys Thanks, are Tree. everywhere. Um, and he's back in the gym. He's back ah, in that's the good. Good he's to have ba- him his baby's due soon. Yeah, I know. Getting those last few sessions in. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, man. Paulie, I appreciate the chat and I hope He's that sorry. I can come and see you at the gym next week. Okay, cool. Thanks, everyone. All right. Cheers, fam.